0: Welcome to those in the auditorium and those uh, joining us online and those listening in on our podcast. However you're connecting with us today, we're glad that you're part of today's experience. I'm Shannon, the lead pastor here, and I just want to say a a very special welcome to any of you who are checking out the porch for the first time. We're really glad that you are. And and if it is, be sure and let us know. Uh, Use the Church Center app, uh, comment. Uh, Let us know that you're here today Because we definitely want to connect with you On this journey of faith So uh, before we jump into today's message Would you go to the Lord in prayer with me God we thank you For your word which is Powerful It's truth, it's light And it's life And God I just don't think that there is A person here or watching or listening who doesn't need your power and your truth and your light and your life and so may it be so this morning God that you would speak to us through your word that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit and it would all be for the sake of your son Jesus and it's in his name we pray amen Amen. So in this season of Advent, right, Advent, it's the season leading up to Christmas, it's this time of expectation, it's this time of getting ready, of preparation, of moving towards Christmas, we are going to be spending a little time experiencing and looking at a very profound hymn, a Christmas hymn, a Christmas carol, based on the scriptures. And here's what I want to do, and I just want to say this up front, and I ask this of you, and, and I ask it in a, in a, a very pastoral way. I, I urge you, urge you, that's the word I'm using, to really, really not assume that you have this whole Christmas thing figured out. That's what I'm asking of you. That you would not be sitting there going, I love Christmas, yay, and they're gonna do Christmas songs and Shannon's gonna talk something about Jesus being born and it's gonna be yay, yay, Christmas. But like, the, I urge you to not assume that you have this whole Christmas thing figured out. And I would even go a, a step further and say, I urge you to not assume that there is nothing new for you to learn during Advent. During this time of preparation, during this time of leading up to Christmas. So we're going to be looking at the hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And it was written by Charles Wesley. It was written in 1739. Charles Wesley is the brother of John Wesley, who is the founder of Methodism and whose, and whose doctrine that we align ourselves with, the, the Wesleyan doctrine and when this I mean, here's what I found was really interesting about when this carol was first published, actually just the prose before it was put to tune, but Charles Wesley wrote these words just one year after after becoming a follower of Jesus, one year. Now, at first when I read that, I thought, wow, like how much he must have just learned, like how God just put all that on him because when we, when we walk through these lines together in a minute and we look at this first stanza together much more closely, it's really profound. But then what I realized was, and kind of like, just like John, his brother, is that they grew up with a lot of knowledge. They had knowledge. But it wasn't until that they came to an understanding of who Jesus is that he was able to start to write these songs. Charles wrote about six thousand five hundred hymns. I mean, when you think about hymns, he's probably one of the main writers of the hymns that you probably know. And of those six thousand five hundred hymns he wrote, uh, this one, "Hark the Herald Angels Sing," and then uh, "Jesus Lover of My Soul" are considered his two like greatest. Like of all the ones he wrote, these are it. And, and here's what's really, you know, about Charles Is that it wasn't like the, you know, a group of people got together And they're like, listen, so here's the deal You know, John is really doing something here um, It's really amazing um, It's like starting a whole new movement of, of people being discipled and mentored And growing in their faith So Charles supposedly is like writing some stuff I guess we'll give him a shot Like, it wasn't like that Like, they weren't just saying, I guess since you're John's brother, we'll let you write some hymns. No, Charles was incredibly gifted in writing. Incredibly gifted in writing. And what Charles does with Hark the Herald Angels Sing is he matches his incredible gift of writing, like high poetic prose, like up there. But he matches it with high theology, See, sometimes you can take a word and it can rhyme, you know, what rhymes with boat? Okay, goat, okay, let's make a song out of it, right? He wasn't, this was like high prose, like writing these deep songs, like spiritual, scriptural, and matching it with what God's word says. And so he's incredibly, incredibly talented. And here's the deal, so it's not just that Hark the Herald Angels Sing is, is a really wonderful, beautiful song about Christmas and who Jesus is, it's actually a short course set to a tune of systematic theology. You know, here's, who's God, here's who God is, and here's how we live it out. Here's what God's word says, and here's how we live it out. I mean, it's right here. And so when you think about it like that, what you find is that we're living out what colossians tells us and in chapter three it tells us that we are to 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 let the message of christ be full within us to to overflow in our lives that we're supposed to teach and counsel each other and 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 with all wisdom and we're supposed to sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs and and you just see this coming alive right here in hark the herald angels sing and so, what I would ask of you as we take a little bit of time to look at this first stanza this morning is, is I would just ask you to just lean into this season of Advent like you never have before. Just, just go, okay, God, because I've been around a little while, I've had a couple of Christmases under my belt. I kind of know what's happening here. Lean in and go, will you show me more? Will you, will you teach me a little bit more? Is, is there more for me to understand? Is there, is there greater reason for me to praise? Is there greater reason for me to live a life that, that exemplifies what you've done through Christ Jesus? Just lean in a little bit more. Will you do that? I think it'll be worth it to do so. So the first line of this stands a Hark. The herald angels sing. Hark! Who says hark anymore? Hark! Just for fun, I encourage you to throw it into a conversation sometime this week. You know, like you normally you see people and you're like, hey, you know, you could be like, hark! You know, I don't know. Hark means listen, parents. Instead of listen to me, you know, hark, hearken unto me. I don't know how that would, you know. Harken up. I don't listen. This is what hark means. It means to listen. So I want us to look at these words because, see, we sing words and we learn words and we, by repetition and even from kids and we just kind of learn songs, right? Especially songs. How many of you have like crazy lyrics in your head from crazy songs? You're like, I don't even know how it's in there, right? We same thing. Hark. Hark. It means to listen. And who's saying hark? The herald angels sing. Anyone want to confess that you thought that was the angel's name when you were a kid? I mean, herald? Herald means to announce. To announce. And so you've got these angels, okay? So listen, remember what I said. Let's, let's don't assume we know it all. Let's don't assume we know this song. We, okay, I know the lyrics. Hark, listen, the announcing angels sing. Okay, this must be important, right? When when the angels whose job it is to announce are declaring to us to listen up, we should listen up. Hark, the herald angels sing, and this is what they sing, this is what they want us to listen to, this is what they are announcing, are you ready? Glory to the newborn king. This is what they're announcing. Glory to the newborn king. And what Charles Wesley does is he takes this. He he echoes the the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus story that we find in Luke chapter two. So he takes those words and he says, "Oh yeah, this is good." And in Luke two verses thirteen and fourteen, this is what we find. So remember the the. The hymn is Glory to the Newborn King. Luke 2. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, that's a whole lot, praising God and saying glory to God. Okay, glory, It's talking about glory here. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill, toward men. Glory to God in the highest. I used to think that meant because God is up higher than everybody else. That's what I thought. Maybe you did too. No, it means it's the highest is talking about the amount of praise, the level of praise, the, 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 the worth of the praise. It is the highest praise. Hark! Listen up! Because some angels who's only job it is is to announce our announcing glory in the highest, the highest glory possible because of the newborn king. Whoa. Think about that just for a second, okay? Because these angels had seen some stuff. These angels had been around. These angels had been there when creation was creation. Like they had been around since they had been created. These angels, they got to see the face of God. We have never, a human being never has. They see the face of God in the presence of God. This is a remarkable sentiment to be written out. Glory in the highest. No other glory about this because they had seen God do some amazing things. First-hand witnesses. When there was nothing, when there was just darkness, when there was void, and God said, let there be light, guess what? Boom, billions of galaxies. And scientists tell us there are about three million trillion stars. Three million trillion stars. That's a three with 24 zeros after it. It's a lot. What's the point? The angels who witnessed God create the universe and who see his face every day are amazed by the incarnation. They are amazed of God coming in human form. And what do they do? They give the highest glory that can be given to the newborn king. Woo. And the account of, of this is in Matthew 2, the wise men. And this is so this is where Wesley takes his words. Matthew 2, verse 2, it says this. The wise men are speaking. They say, where is the newborn king? He hadn't been here a while. He, he, he hasn't been building up an army. He is just now born. The newborn king of Jews. Think about this. We saw his star out of three million trillion stars in one of billions of galaxies. They saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. This is where Charles takes this. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to the newborn king. The angels are proclaiming this. And in case you missed it, this is about God's glory. This is about God's glory. This is all about God's glory because if you're like me, I take the gospel story and I'm very, very thankful that my sins have been forgiven. I'm very, very thankful that that I have been given new life. I am so thankful that I got a do-over. I can make the gospel about me. Gospel's not about me. Gospel's not about you. All of this is for God's glory. All of this. The angels are telling us that God's redemption of us is about him. The chief reason that you and I are here is to glorify him and enjoy God forever. That's why we're on this earth. This is why we've been created. And these angels are reminding us that even as Jesus comes into the world to rescue us, it's all about God's glory. Glory to the newborn king. Not glory to me that Jesus has come for me. No, glory to the newborn king. Hark, the herald. Hark, listen. The announcing angels sing glory to the newborn king. And moving on, Wesley writes, Peace on earth and mercy mild. He takes this again from Luke 2 when it says glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Peace on this earth. Jesus is the king who restores the brokenness where there is no peace, right? He he restores that broken relationship with God. He, He comes to establish peace between God and humanity. There was brokenness there. There was separation there. And the coming of Jesus... Brings this back together, peace on earth. Friends, there is no true peace apart from Christ. There is there is no true peace. I mean true peace without. It's just not there. It's not. We can try really hard, and we can have some good days, but there's no true peace without Jesus. And and some of us, we know this. Like, we we have lived outside of the peace of God found through Christ Jesus by our own choosing... And then we have lived in the peace of God through Jesus Christ. And our lives, we know this, are not capable of true peace without Christ. We need restoration, I have just gotta say that because without emphasizing this, and you're kinda of like, what's the big deal about the newborn king? Well, the newborn king came to do something. We need restoration, which is why the next line is so powerful, right? Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. God and all those other horrible bad people except for me, no. God and sinners reconciled. If you wanna make anything about you, friends, Substitute your name for sinners today. How about that? Let's give glory to God. If we need to take anything, let's go ahead and put our name in there. God and sinners reconciled. Reconciliation with God. We've already said it, but it's just that, that reestablishing the separation from, from God. Because of our sin, he can't have anything to do with it. And so the newborn king comes to restore this relationship. This is why he came. Glory to the newborn king. Ooh, glory. And Wesley, what he does is he draws this line, God and sinners reconciled, right out of 2 Corinthians 5, where Paul writes, this is, this is the wording. See, Charles is like, "I mean, this is, this is good, this is scripture, this is alive. He says, for God was in Christ, incarnation, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, restoring, bringing it back together. And here's the good news. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. God and sinners reconciled. See, the first four lines of this stanza in this hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, what it does is it sets up for us messengers. Who are the messengers? Well, they're the herald angels, they're the announcing angels, they're the ones that coming to tell us the good news. What do they come to tell us? Well, they have the message is, is that we need to give glory to the newborn king who has come to reconcile us with God. That's what the first four lines of this is all about. And so the next four lines of this stanza, I love this, it's so practical, because this is kind of, this is how I am. I'm all about practical. How do you do this? How do you, how do you respond to what God's word says? And Charles writes this in the hymn. It's not just information, but there's actually a call to action, a call to response. And this is what he says. So what do we do about this? The gl- glory in God and the newborn king that the angels have come to tell us. He says it. Joyful all ye nations rise. Joyful, rise. We should be joyful because of this information. Rise up, stand up, praise God, in joyous praise, and he pulls this from Psalm 117. It says, praise the Lord all you nations. Praise him all you people of the earth. Joyfully rise up. Our response to the message that there is a king who has come to reconcile us to God is to stand up in joyous awe and praise of God. That's our response. Wesley calls on on the nations to stand up. And so what do we do then? How do we, what what does that look like? Well, do we Stand off to the side and politely golf clap, joyously rising to my feet, praising God for what He's done. It's not what Charles calls us to do, it's not what Psalm 117 says for sure. No, he actually tells us how we respond. We don't have to stir it up on our own. We don't have to create a way to respond to this really good news. No, it says we get to join in on something. So we join the triumph of the skies. The celebration's already happening, the angels are already rejoicing. They've been rejoicing about the birth of the newborn king. We get to join that. Join into that. The triumph being announced in the stars the triumph of the skies. And who are we joining with, okay? So who who is this that we're saying, okay, we're supposed to rise up joyfully and join in the triumph of the celebration of what God is doing. Who are we joining with? Well, it tells us, with the angelic host proclaim. You and I are invited To proclaim and celebrate Jesus with the angels. You've been invited into this. You've been invited into this celebration to join with our hearts, to join with our voices and declare what the angels are declaring. And what are they declaring? Christ is born in Bethlehem. That's the message they're declaring. Christ is born in Bethlehem. This is the first time that Wesley uses the word Christ in this hymn. And when we see the word Christ, it's the the New Testament version of the Greek word of the Messiah. Okay, so you've got your Old Testament mentioning Messiah. When When we go to the New Testament in the Greek, they use the word Christ for that word Messiah, and that's where we get it. This is the first time that we see this word used, and so here it is, and he's saying Christ, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, is born in Bethlehem, and this is the angelic host that is proclaiming this, that the Savior has come for us in the city of David in Bethlehem, which, by the way, was prophesied about 600 years before this happened. You can go read that in Micah chapter 5. So that's the first stanza of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Right, it's full of truth, it's full of power. Charles Wesley has this incredible gift that we are enjoying 300, almost 300 years later. That he is so gifted in writing this that he takes scripture and, 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 and writes this beautiful, beautiful hymn. But when you, when you set the, the words to a tune, there's often something called a refrain and how you and I know this song, the refrain is put in there. And the refrain is the same as the first two lines. So, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. But now these lines function a little bit differently. And I I wanna point it out because I find it very interesting. When we sing them the first time, it's kinda like setting the stage. Okay, there's messengers, right? There's proclaiming angels. And they're asking us to listen and they're telling us that, there's, that we should give glory to the newborn king. Setting the stage, right? Setting the story up. But now when we sing it, the refrain part, and, and then the rest of the time that you sing the hymn, what it does is that we're singing it back to God in response to what we now understand. Wow. I'm supposed to glory to give glory to God, that all this is for God's glory, that I have been called into this, that of all creation and of all things, the greatest thing is that the newborn king has come to reconcile us to God, and I get to participate in this, and this is what I get to do. So now when we say, hark, the herald angels sing, we're like, yeah, yeah, listen up. Listen to what they're saying. I know this to be true. Glory to the newborn king. we're confessing that our focus, that, that, that our hearts, that our lives ought to be giving God glory for Jesus. Support your community. I want to give you three quick ways to respond to what we're talking about. First thing, for those of you that like to study and read and, and, and do a little like side study of things we're talking about, we're going to be posting a follow-up on Mondays of what we talked about with a, a little more detail, looking at the, the prose and the scripture. So those will be coming out on Mondays. Second thing I want to tell you, how do we respond to this glory of God and the reconciliation through, through Jesus Christ? We get to live into that. Well, you've heard us talking about it, you heard it in the video, but we, we want to be present on this earth. We want to be present on this little dot of a planet that you and I live on, and we want to make an impact on this place. And one of the ways we're doing that is we're sponsoring some kids this Christmas. So if you haven't had a chance to pick up a backpack before you go this morning, you can do that. You can do it all online through your church center app. And if you can choose, if you would like to you can pay for it, you can say you'd like to sponsor a girl in the age range or a boy in the age range. And so at the end of the service, when the ushers come and they dismiss you by rows, like we're supposed to be doing, right? Um, let them know, hey, I, I want to get a backpack and we would like to sponsor a girl, because then they'll send you out this door. Or we would like to sponsor a boy, which we need some more people to sponsor boys, so maybe go out this door. Um, but we want you to do that, because they're due next Sunday, and we've got some backpacks that are still in need to go out, so we hope that you'll do that. Practical things, getting some information, do some study, do some action. Here's a third thing, okay? This is the simplest one. No, no, the simplest one for me to tell you about. The hardest one to do. You ready? This week. Hark. Hark. Listen. Lean in and listen. Be aware of how God is revealing himself to you in a season that you might have assumed you had completely figured out. Hark. I believe he has something to say. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for how you've incredibly gifted Charles Wesley. Oh, my goodness. And and the way in which... You've gifted him to to put on, onto page these these remarkable words that draw us in. God, I pray that this hymn, this song, this carol, whatever we want to call it, will never, ever be the same to us ever again. And that as we sing it line by line, that we will stop and we will truly glory. Like we will be... Uh, amazed, that we will be astounded, that we will stop and go, oh my goodness this is what this means that I have been called to listen in that there is a message to be said and to be heard and that I get to be called to respond to God in joyous praise because what he has done through Jesus so God I pray that you are truly glorified by our response this morning that you are glorified we thank you for Jesus who brings us new life who reconciles us with you who gives us an opportunity to live and do this beautiful beautiful life we love you we're gonna rise now in joyful praise